0: In today's episode, I would like to share with you best practices for hub navigation in SharePoint Online. You're listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast with Greg Zelfon, bringing you proven practical tips every week on how to correctly set up and adapt to SharePoint and Microsoft 365. If you have questions, Greg has the answers. And now here's your host, Greg Zelfon. Hello, this is Greg from SharePoint Maven, and welcome to episode number 59 of the SharePoint Maven podcast. So in today's episode, I would like to share with you some best practices. To be precise, five tips on how you can optimize hub navigation in SharePoint Online. First, before we talk about best practices, I want to explain to you what hub navigation is all about. If you have been listening to my podcast for a while, you probably should know by now what hub navigation is all about. I actually covered it quite extensively in my previous episodes. Just for reference, if you want to go back and learn more about hub sites and many of hubsite site advantages, you may reference episodes number two, forty-two, and 46. Obviously, I'm not going to make you stop this particular episode and search for my previous episodes. so I would like to give you a brief overview, a brief description of what a hub site is all about. So, a hub site is a feature in SharePoint that allows you to unite and combine all the different sites that you have in SharePoint into one common entity if you will. As you create all sorts of sites, you know, whether they're just regular SharePoint sites, maybe communication sites, or team sites connected to Microsoft 365 groups, or you know, the sites connected through Microsoft Teams, No matter how you create those sites, you end up with many, many sites in your environment. And navigating from site to site is obviously a challenge because each and every site has its own URL and there is really no built-in link to navigate from one site to another. So a hub site solves this dilemma and essentially what it allows you to do, it allows you to combine certain sites into one common entity. And the way it works, you actually pick one Site uh, that will serve kind of as a main, you know, parent site, and you register it as a hub, and then you pretty much associate all the other sites to that particular hub. The last step would be to build common navigation. It doesn't happen automatically as you associate the sites, you just kind of build that common navigation uh, up top at the top of the parent site. And this arrangement allows you to navigate from site to site quite easily. So the common use case uh, for a hub site could be an internet, right? So you would have the main site, the home site uh, with news announcements, links, uh, all that good stuff, and then all the other communication and team sites connected to the hub. So there is one Easy way for me as an employee to navigate from my internet home site, let's say to an HR employee site, and maybe then to a finance private site, et cetera. And you can have multiple hub sites in your environment. You're not restricted to just one. So maybe you build one for your internet. Maybe you built a project hub or a client hub, and each hub will have its own collection of sites. Now, there are many advantages to hub sites. And I listed them all in uh, those previous episodes I uh, mentioned earlier. But one primary advantage of a hub, and I think the reason why we have hub sites in the first place, is common navigation. So this actually brings us to the topic of today's episode. Because what I would like to do next is share with you the best practices, a few tips, five to be exact on how you can optimize your hub navigation and make it more user-friendly. Now I realized that this is a podcast and as I go through all the steps, it might be challenging for you to kind of visualize a few things that I'm talking about. So what I will do and something I do all the time in the show notes, I will include links, uh, references to the blog posts uh, that are relevant to this particular episode. So when you're in front of your computer, you will be able to check out uh, those posts, the videos, and a little bit better understand what the hell I'm talking about. Okay, let's start with tip number one. Keep it simple. If I log into your hub site and then at the top navigation, I see 125 links, that's a bit too much. You know, when my wife asks me to go and pick up something at Walmart, I always say no. You know why? Because it's too much for me. It's overwhelming. I just cannot handle all these goods. I cannot handle all these people. It's too overwhelming for me. The same applies to hub navigation. Don't forget the primary objective why we have hub site navigation and hub site in the first place. It's to link to all the other sites that are part of the hub. Now you can obviously add some additional links, maybe some important links that you want to be accessible from the uh, common navigation from each and every site. But please, please, please don't add 55 links that I will never find or know anything about. When I log into your hub site, I want to find links to the other sites quite easily. Please don't make me swear at you and your hub site. Again, keep it simple. The fewer clicks, the better. Tip number two, use mega menu. This is actually a default option when you set up hub navigation. Essentially, there are two styles of the menu. Uh, there is a cascading menu, and essentially what it does, it just allows you to organize links one under another, and those links will be accessible uh, through the dropdown. So you would click, let's say, on the department label, and then an arrow would pop up, uh, giving you additional choices uh, for additional links uh, under the department's label, let's say HR or finance. The other option is mega menu. And with that option, there are actually no drop-down arrows. So when you open up the menu, it actually shows you all the choices you have, whether they're kind of the main labels or the sub-links underneath. So Mega Menu allows you to pretty much see your whole site map, if you will, without, you know, clicking uh, through parent links and sublinks. And you can pretty much see all the available links just by hovering over the menu. In my opinion, the Mega Menu is a far better option because, again, you don't really need to click anywhere. By hovering over the menu, you kind of see all the possible links you can later click on. And like I said, this is actually a default option. So when you create your hub site, when you register a site as a hub, start adding links, uh, the mega menu will be in place. You can actually alter it and change it to cascading menu, which obviously you can, uh, but my recommendation would be to stick with the mega menu, especially if you have lots and lots of links. It's a nice way for you to organize all the links on one um, kind of uh, pane, if you will. Tip number three, use labels to organize your links. Another beauty about hub site navigation is that not only you can add links, you can actually add labels. And labels would not have any URLs, any sites to point to. They're just literally labels and nothing else. So the use case for labels would be if, let's say, you have, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 uh, department sites. And instead of putting them on the same menu, right, because you will obviously run out of space on the navigation menu, what you can do, you can actually create a label called Departments and then organize those 15 or whatever links and sites that you have underneath. So in case of Mega Menu, for example, you will hover over your menu and the Departments drop-down will open up and show you automatically all the sites you can click on. So labels are just a way for you to organize links, especially if you have lots and lots of links on your hub website. Tip number four, use sublink functionality. Now, this particular tip actually goes hand in hand with the previous tip where I told you about labels. Sublinks allow you to nest your links. So, for example, using the previous example, if let's say you have a department label and then 15 sites underneath well in order for you to add those 15 links underneath departments what you need to do you need to create them as sublinks. and the way you do it you would uh, you know obviously add your links um to the hub navigation and then click three dots next to the given link and then choose an option called make Sublink. and this will make those 15 department sites obviously you need to do it to each and every link separately but this will make them appear under the department's drop-down label. And you can use up to two levels, so you can nest up to two levels max. So, for example, just to give you a use case, let's say you are a global organization, have lots and lots of different departments. What you can do is you can organize, create a department's drop-down label, so that will be kind of at the parent level. And then underneath, sublink number one would be a bunch of labels representing different regions, for example, Europe, North America, Asia, Pacific, et cetera. So you would make those uh, regional labels sublink number one, essentially the first level. And then under each region, you probably have maybe certain departments. So let's say North America has its own HR and accounting and finance, and uh, so does Europe, et cetera. So at that point, all these different department links, department sites, would be at level two in terms of sublinks. Hopefully, I didn't confuse you again. If you have a hard time visualizing this, in the show notes, I will include uh, a link to a blog post uh, that actually provides the same information along with images so you can see what I'm talking about. Tip number five, the last tip I want to give you, use audience targeting. Audience targeting is, of course, a feature that allows us to show and hide certain content based on user security group. And in case you're wondering what audience targeting is all about, you may reference episode number 34. That's where I explained to you what this wonderful feature is all about. Uh, but essentially, audience targeting is a way to show, hide information based on the user who is logged in. I'm not talking about security, right? I'm not talking about site security or file folder security. I'm talking about in this particular context, navigation audience targeting. There are actually multiple places where we can set audience targeting. We can uh, set audience targeting on quick links. We can set audience targeting on uh, news posts, on a highlighted content web part. But on this particular use case, you can set audience targeting on the navigation. And what this allows you to do, it allows you to show or hide certain labels or links from your hub navigation based on who is logged in. Because without audience targeting, let's say you built hub navigation and maybe added 20, 30 links to your hub navigation, doesn't matter whether I have access to a given site or not, I will still see the link in the hub navigation. If I click on the link, obviously I will get access denied, But in case you want to make it more user-friendly to your users so they don't get that nasty message, you can set up audience targeting on navigation links. For example, let's say you connected an HR team site, which is a private site only accessible by a few HR people, and you linked it up to your hub and added that link to the navigation. So if I log in, let's say, and I'm a regular employee, I'm not going to see the link. If Mary, who is the head of HR logs in, she will get to see the link. So it's a really neat way for you to personalize SharePoint, to personalize navigation in this case for your users. Because look, I mean, especially if you're a large organization, maybe you connected, I don't know, 100 sites to your hub, you don't want users to see all 100 links, right? Maybe it's only 20, 30 that really apply to me. So in this case, you would need to set up audience targeting. And what you need to do for that is you obviously first need to enable it. That's something you do when you actually edit uh, the hub navigation. There is a little toggle that you need to turn on. And once you do that, uh, when you click on a given link or a label, you have an extra field in addition to the URL field. There is an extra field that allows you to specify the security groups of the users who will get to see this given label or link. If you leave that uh, box blank, that means everyone will get to see the link. However, if you fill it out and uh, you can fill it out with a security group, uh, your Active Directory group or a Microsoft 365 group, only those security groups will get to see the link. So for example, you could add HR team members that could be your Active Directory security group or a Microsoft 365 group that maybe you got as part of Microsoft Teams. Essentially, whatever group you add, those are the only people who will get to see that label or link. Very important, you cannot specify people. You cannot type in the first and last name. You have to specify the security groups and you can specify up to 10 security groups in that box. So this little trick will hopefully make uh, the menu, the navigation menu a little bit cleaner for the average employee. So this is it. These were the five tips that I wanted to share with you today. uh, The best practices that will hopefully allow you to optimize and personalize and make your navigation menu a little bit better. Hopefully this was not a waste of time. Hopefully you learned something new. As always, feel free to visit my blog, SharePointMaven.com for additional instructions. But for now, thank you very much for listening and talk to you next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast with Greg Zelfond. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the Apple podcast app, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.